This is a technology icing podcast and you are listening to Karan Bhandari and in this episode we will be covering my experiments with OpenShift. Why OpenShift? I will show you how do you deploy an application in a container world without actually knowing what is a container, what is a docker and what is Kubernetes. OpenShift is a way to abstract even what is the underlying infrastructure. You can be cloud agnostic. You need not know what is GCP, the GCE, sorry, the EC2 and the Azure VM or whether you are using any other underlying machine from maybe any other cloud provider like Netlify. You can be cloud agnostic completely by using OpenShift. So OpenShift I'm going to explain you from a user's perspective, not as an operations person. So someone who is an application writer and someone who just wants to put their workloads onto a container without actually knowing what a container is. I'm also going to talk to you about how, if you were an operations guy, how do you modify the container to make it more amenable for your applications to be up and running in the same Kubernetes environment and also if needed you can modify the underlying YAML files of Kubernetes if you wish to get into the nitty-gritties and the dirty parts. So these are the advantages. You have ready-made templates available of .NET, Node.js, Python, React, Angular and Java ecosystem starter projects. All your concepts can map easily to OpenShift if you know Kubernetes and if you do not know, it's okay. You can still be onboarded. So you go to the GUI, you click, you go to the catalog. I want to deploy a .NET application. I just go to .NET add to cart and uh, I just give it the GitHub location and it will deploy it for me. It will give me a pod running with the service and I, if I click on create route and expose the service, will do that for me. It will go ahead and uh, just give me an endpoint without me knowing what is the underlying machinery, what is a container, what is a pod and there you go a .NET application is ready. Now uh, if I need to give it a different starter project for example if it's there, not there in the root then I give it uh, an environment variable like .NET uh, underscore starter project and uh, I tell it's under source slash my project slash service slash project dot CS proj and uh, if I need to give it another NuGet um, location you can either commit a new NuGet.config file within GitHub or you can give it as an environment variable and if your NuGet is using a custom certificate that is not uh, CA certified you can give it another rec directory within .NET to contain your CSRs. And uh, similarly, not just .NET, you can also deploy a Node.js application. Most people typically write as a Node.js Express application and there is one more side which writes Angular and React application. Now, there is no template if you go to OpenShift uh, catalog and search for an Angular React, you will not get one. Uh, some people use uh, the NPX ecosystem and use a project called Node Shift. So in the root directory of the Angular React application, they type NPX space Node Shift and the name of the disk directory. And it will, you know, 
do the deployment and give you an endpoint but um, uh, some people will also create an express index.js file and use a middleware called um, uStatic so which is used to deliver the public directory but you can make it point to the dist slash your application folder if uh, you are using node and express that's a clever way to deploy an angular uh, or a react application and you can also deploy a python application by going to the catalog and you know make sure your github location has a requirements.txt file and app.py file if your startup project is not app.py or maybe something like underscore underscore init.py you could uh, tell it in an environment variable and even your pip configurations like your pip index url or your pip uh, uh, ssl checks could be configured from environment variables whatever i have seen i'm seeing that you could do in the gui you can also do in the command line now in the gui you create something called a projects or many a projects um, and one project is a collection of uh, numerous applications for example if you're in a library the librarian will have a set of applications for itself a set of applications for the accountants a set of applications for the end users so it's like a namespace that categorizes your app your set of applications into numerous apps so in uh, in openshift you create a new project and then you create an application within it uh, now there are some challenges that come with you want to go away from what is considered like a like you know a typical project like a java project some people have some patterns that okay the that they will have to have a RabbitMQ running with mongodb running and a set of microservices communicating with each other for some of them have uh, some monitoring solutions like kibana prometheus so they want to make their own template you can create a template with uh, uh, you know like an orchestration and you know orchestrate multiple pods um, or you can also create a project that is not very typical of being a dotnet but a dotnet with steroids then what you can do is um, you can make a custom s2i image now an s2i image enables you to make a similar type of application that is available in the catalog and uh, but you know your developers can use that directly instead of using the default one that is generated for you so for example so in a, in an s2i image you need to download the s2i command line in this you need to have docker knowledge what you will also create is a set of um, executable uh, scripts like you'll create a build script and assemble script and run script so it will um, and a docker file and in an assemble it will you have to tell it how to assemble all the binaries into one uh, cohesive unit and the docker file is the one that uh, you know pulls your dependency does your yum install or app get and um, in your runtime you need to tell okay dot net space run or maybe something like uh, uh, docker compose up so you can write your own um, runtime instructions in a custom s2i image and this can be available as one more image that the developers can use so they will give something like um, uh, 
use that image and use this github url so the github url will belong to the developer the Im the new image that you created from s2i will belong to the operations team and you can separate the operations from the developers by making this custom arrangement um, i've also seen that in python people struggle with um, uh, deploying their ai solutions with large models you can't put a massive file onto github.com and just assume that it will work. Some of them use a new concept called as git LFS, which is a git large file service. I don't think you can directly use a large file system as is if you use a Python template, but uh, you can get around by writing a application specific code. For example, use a Boto library to download a model from S3 once the application starts. And then you can mention that, okay, my pod is not ready with a separate readiness URL. Now, I have mentioned that, okay, you know, the, uh, the, the superficial way of creating an application, but once an application is created, you can also go to the UI and click on the pod and you can click on edit YAML and what you see underlying is an exact Kubernetes YAML file that has been generated for you in the background. And uh, you can toy around with it, tinker with it. Uh, you know, you can play with it. You can change resource limits. For storage, there is a separate um, module. Uh, you can uh, directly create storage on the UI and associate it with your container as some path. And uh, it will map to the PVC concept of uh, the provision volume concept of uh, Kubernetes within it. And uh, this way you can uh, work with some applications that uh, need storage and I will talk about uh, how to even debug your containers. You could use RSH and this RSH will help you to SSH into the pod and debug what's going on. So get cracking with it. Now in the Docker file that you create if you want to create a docker file then kubernetes will allow you to do it and you can tell kubernetes to use a docker file strategy just be aware that you cannot use any other um, non docker hub image as a starting project if you want to use a custom image uh, that is there in a private repository you can directly make the image and push it to the docker registry private docker registry that is given by default to uh, your project that has been created or you can also you know click uh, you know create a, a oc secret or a which maps to kubernetes secrets and makes it point to that private registry but you cannot make a docker file out of it i've had trouble doing that but uh, you can get around it with by using uh, the concept of a f already pre-made image from an existing private registry. Now, what you do on the com on the graphical user interface can also be done with the command line, and the command line directly maps to Kubernetes concepts. Or you can also just do oc space new app and the GitHub project name after you do a oc login. That login command can be copied from your user profile section of the GUI. 
as mentioned, OpenShift can also work with Docker files. And in this Docker files, I think it's mandatory for you to use um, an existing image from Docker Hub. And uh, if for some reason you want to extend uh, the existing functionality of .NET or Node.js, then there are some specific OpenShift.NET starter uh, images that you can begin with. And uh, I have I've had trouble with uh, deploying any application that had uh, an image which is the starting point of a Docker file that is not a part of Docker Hub. So, for example, if I made a custom image in a private registry and I'm extending that in the Docker file, I've had trouble with doing that. So, what I generally do is I build it and put it into the private registry of OpenShift. So when you make a new OpenShift project, a default part of that is uh, giving you a private Docker registry and uh, you can build your existing Docker file and then deploy, uh, deploy it as an image. So you can directly deploy uh, a Docker image. It could be from a private registry like AWS, ECR or uh, something like the Azure Container Registry and uh, or maybe your your custom one you just need to link your secrets like you do OC create secret and you tell it it's a docker secret and then OpenShift will be able to deploy the image and you mention the port that you want to deploy and OpenShift will be able to do that for you that's for those users who um, want to get around the limitation of using a docker hub um, one but yeah with i know that an an image from a private registry can be deployed as is into their into their registry or it could directly be deployed from the private registry if you give it the secret file for the docker and uh, one disadvantage with openshift is um, or maybe it's a good security feature uh, but i'm looking at it as a disadvantage is none of your containers will have root access so you need to really write your application well to ensure that, uh, you know, your it's not writing into random directories that are not declared in your configuration. Like for example, in OpenShift, you can create a volume on the GUI. You just create a volume and you say, I want one GB, uh, like you create a storage and that will use the Docker and Kubernetes concept of PWC and uh, will link the volume to your container and in that you can write and in that the OpenShift will create a dummy user and accordingly you can uh, play around and tinker with the volumes but in general if you need root access then OpenShift uh, will disallow it as a part of its security feature. You can also make a custom starter project like for example if uh, uh, you want to make a specific type of project template that belongs to your organization that okay you have these um, uh, you know you have this this and this configuration your src file belongs here you have a set of three other microservices it depends on so you can abstract this away from the developer by using um, a concept called a source to image so source to image is nothing but you need to give a few uh, executable files for example assemble run and build in an s2i folder within your github and then you need to give it a docker file and uh, you need to then 
uh, extend an existing, you can either extend from one of the existing OpenShift open starter projects like .NET, Node.js or uh, Python and uh, you can, if you want to, go ahead and customize what is there in the assemble and build directory and then what should be running in the run directory. For example, in the run directory, you want to spin up a DynamoDB database and um, you want to, you know, link some microservice with the other or do some token exchange or handshake protocol with something else. Then you have to get into the world of S2I and S2I generally should be written by the operations team who have good knowledge in Docker. But um, and and many a times people run into um, issues, for example, out of memory in the builds. So your builds, you need to go and you can go to the build and click on edit and you edit the resource limits. Uh, for example, you can by default, I think it just gives few uh, milli cores and few MB of RAM to build or to deploy. You can increase that and you can also click on, you know, go to the build and edit the YAML of the build. So you can get into the fine grain Kubernetes controls with the help of the YAML file. And uh, if you want to also modify a running pod, you can actually go to the pod or you go to the deployment and click on edit deployment and you will have direct access to, you know, the pod, the, the, the Kubernetes file. Uh, and um, there you can tinker with things if need be. Uh, but in general, you can, you know what your typical, um, you know, startup projects are in your organization or how much space would you need for your project. So it'll be good for you know, to tell the operations team that, okay, my Kubernetes, could you please set these as the defaults while creating a cluster? And yeah, just be mindful that, okay, uh, it is still using an EC2 machine in the background or uh, GCP compute engine, or, or sorry, a Google compute engine and uh, GCE engine. So it will incur in costs. So try your best to uh, always think of scaling. So you can do OC scale, and you can scale uh, an application to two pods or three pods. Horizontal scaling is there. Vertical scaling is also possible uh, by you know increasing the number of um, uh, CPUs that the particular pod pod needs. You can also set resource limits, and um, you can manage the underlying Kubernetes secrets with uh, the help of OC secrets and uh, the OC uh, the OC uh, command line is very similar to kubectl. If you have worked with Kubernetes, you can still do OC get pods, OC get SVCs, OC get services, OC get deployments, and you can still play around with uh, uh, the same concepts as Kubernetes if you want to start getting into the nitty gritties. In Python, uh, to get a large model. Uh, most people have this habit of using git lfs uh, which is git large file system I, I i think i had i had difficulty with git lfs because it did not work for me unless i made my own custom docker file and s2i image but those people who didn't want to undergo the pain of making an s2i image or just making an image pushing it to you know the private registry of your project uh, what you can do is you can take care of some complexity at the application layer itself. For example, when the app starts up, 
then you can use the Boto library to pull in from an S3 location and uh, then you can define one health check endpoint or readiness endpoint very similar to Kubernetes and you will say that your pod is not ready if the model has not downloaded. So you can make an endpoint to check if you know the file system has any file or not and that way a large model issue could be tackled and similarly for example um, NPX node shift is one simple way to deploy Angular application but you can also use the Node.js express static framework to deploy the Angular application so you can abstract away most of the complexity in the code if you don't want to get into a docker file and the Kubernetes part and just like kubectl you can exec into the computer with OCRSH and um, if needed you can tinker with the Kubernetes side of things for the courses, courses I recommend that you subscribe to Shape Blocks from OpenShift. He has done numerous projects, and Red Hat itself has released numerous um, courses in Udemy. There is one free course which I came across that um, you know makes you undergo the basics of Docker and Kubernetes, and then it explains you what or how you can deploy a simple application in OpenShift in the Udemy course. So uh, have fun with OpenShift. I think it's a very good way to apps. You don't need to know Docker. You don't need to know Kubernetes. You can still use the goodness of the same platform without actually having the knowledge. So play around with it and uh, yeah, get kickstarted. Be cloud agnostic. Don't be tied to a single cloud vendor and don't have to upskill yourself so much that you know all these concepts, but you can still use them. So... Adios, take care and thank you for listening to me. Bye, I'm Karan Bhandari, working as a technical lead in Societe Generale. This is Technology Icing Podcast. Goodbye.